1: Today, we are talking about different types of reinforcement, specifically contingent and non-contingent reinforcement. So let's start by just defining what they are.
0: So contingent reinforcement is really reinforcement that depends on something. So if you do this, then you get this.
1: And non-contingent reinforcement, sometimes also known as NCR, uh, which is a bit of an oxymoron, means that you don't have to do anything to get good things. And we all have lots of non-contingent in our lives, right? Fun thing just happen, whether that's recess or lunch or waking up in the morning and having access to coffee, which might be your preferred reinforcer. Um NCR is a part of all of our days. Not everything in our lives have to be contingent. So where's the place for each of them and how do we know which one to use? So this really does fall into ABA and ABA basics because uh, it
0: really does uh, affect people's behavior. So if you say, listen, like you need to do this to get this, that's amazing some of the time, but other times like, oh, God, really I I have to work for this again what if I don't want to what huh I can never have fun things then what's going on um, and this is how it relates to aba programs
1: and I find that people um, sometimes like mix them up. Something that might start as contingent becomes non-contingent and more likely vice versa. Something that really should be non-contingent all of a sudden becomes contingent in like a last ditch effort to contrive some sort of motivation. Um, And it's something we really should be careful about because it's a very slippery slope of all of a sudden kids having to earn every single thing in their lives. And, you know, recess should really be non-contingent. And I find so often what happens when a child isn't completing their work or might not be behaving properly right before recess, If you don't do this, you don't get this. You're not going out for For recess. And you know what? It's not fair because that wasn't set up as a contingency. That wasn't an expectation. And it's just us kind of trying to like, you know, exude our power. And it's really not fair. So being very clear about what is contingent and what the expectations are and not changing them. And then what's non-contingent. I find it very often in our homes also with parents, they say, Well, you know, if they're not behaving, then I'm just going to say they can't watch the movie at night after dinner. Should I do that? Because they need a consequence. And I'm thinking like, was that movie something that they knew that they were earning? And if so, like, that's not really fair. Um, I mean, if it wasn't something they needed to be earning, then why all of a sudden are you making it contingent? And so kind of separating the two in our heads and knowing what things our kids can expect to be earned and what things they really should expect to just happen because they deserve them.
0: So let's talk about non-contingent first, just because I find that's a lot easier to talk about. So in terms of non-contingent, meaning good things happen just because, you know, we all need fun in our lives, right? Um, So what are some good things that happen just because? I mean, look at businesses. So there have been numerous studies done about literally paint colors. So what color do I paint the wall to make everybody at work calm? I don't have the answer to that, by the way. Um, You know, what color is the purple Barney um, that, that came on and he was jolly and he was Purple with a green stomach. I think I might be getting those colors mixed up, but he um, that that was a study that was done, and you know that is non contingent just to make him fun. Um, what other things can we provide to either the students we're teaching or our children um, to
1: ourselves as non contingent reinforcement? So something that um, I got advice on many years ago was with my own kids having. Designated time, you know, usually it was before they went to bed. That was their non-contingent like parent time. Um, and that, you know, at the time I didn't realize that it was a behavioral principle, but what it was, was, you know, using NCR, using this non-contingent attention reinforcement to really like fill them up and make sure that they were getting enough attention. They knew it was predictable. It was expected. I never took it away. It never became a consequence. There was never anything as in you didn't do this well enough so you're not getting your time with me there was they could have had a terrible day and they misbehave like crazy but no matter what that was non-contingent and you know what it's really hard as a parent because you feel like well no like they shouldn't deserve that good stuff they made me crazy but if it's non-contingent it really has to stay non-contingent and you know what it works because they do deserve those good things just because they're having a hard day or having a hard time. You know what? They might need that time even more. And they should feel like, well, I got to the end of the day and I, I, I deserve something good, even though I had a bad day. You know, we all have bad days and what do we do? We go for the chocolate or the wine or the TV or the, you know, the things that calm us down. Also, we're not saying like, well, you know what? I didn't perform well at work today, so I'm not going to get dinner. So we need to do the same thing for our kids.
0: So think about you know your trip to Disney World, for instance. Like you're not going to cancel Disney World just because your kid had a bad day or a bad week, etc. Uh, that's something that's just earned, and sometimes or something that's just not earned. It's something you just booked because. And I often find that kids who receive this non-contingent reinforcement in whatever way that is, whether that is mummy me time or daddy daughter day, or whether it's simply, you know what, let's watch a family movie tonight or let's go on this trip. Um, Oftentimes those breaks for kids actually serve to reset behavior as well. And regardless of negative behavior, um, you know, kids sometimes need that break. Period. Um, You know, we go into schools and consult quite often. And, you know, one thing teachers will say to us is, well, I'm going to withhold recess because they didn't do this or they were goofing around and they really need to do their work. Um, And then I argue, well, recess just should happen. It should just happen for everyone. But not only should it just happen, but look at all the good things and all the benefits of recess, right? So essentially at recess, kids should be running around, getting out that energy, defining that in behavioral principles. Um, but they should be releasing some of that energy and you know, getting the fresh air, getting that break from the classroom. And sometimes, you know, they almost need recess, regardless of negative behavior, or they need that recess to be able to reset, just like we need that vacation to reset, or we need that glass of wine, right? Sure. to reset ourselves. Um, So that's really what non-contingent reinforcement is all about. And
1: it really is a good trick because sometimes like you're thinking, I need to follow through and not let them go out for recess. When in reality, it really does reset them. And sometimes if I have a child who's, you know, the behavior can go on for a really long time. Sometimes I I might even put in like a timed non-contingent break or something because when the timer beeps, oh, you know what? You get to go play or you get to go have a break because the timer said so. And it sometimes breaks up the length of like the amount of time that they could be involved in that type of behavior. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention that really should fall into this non-contingent reinforcement, similar to the recess thing, is movement and sensory needs. And sometimes those really should be non-contingent. If we have kids who need to move or who need to be active or who need certain sensory breaks or things like that, then it shouldn't be something that becomes contingent. It shouldn't be something that they need to earn. And we need to think of ways to put that into their day in a way that's non-contingent and also not take it away if they don't, you know, quote unquote, deserve it. So
0: oftentimes, you know, we can build in tricks in the classroom, such as, hey, you know, Susie, can you go deliver these books to, you know, Danny, or, hey, I need this at the front of the classroom, or can you bring your backpack here? Can you deliver this fake note to the teacher next door in the next classroom over? Those are all ways to get in those sensory breaks. And, you know, Shira also mentioned the idea of a timer, and we use timers quite often. So, if you can't build those breaks in quite regularly in terms of just go deliver this to this person, go deliver this to this person. A timer actually helps because then it's not just like, oh, I see someone acting out and now it's my cue to, to remember to do this. A timer is actually like, oh, you know what? 15, 20 minutes has passed or 30 minutes has passed. I have to remember I've got to get my kiddo up and moving. Um, So we often use a lot of timers and then all of a sudden there's like 20 timers (laughs) going on. You're like, what's that one for?
1: Yeah. So in your head, think of those things that you're going to keep non contingent, the things that we mentioned, the kids just get good things just because whether it's a movement break or sensory break or recess. And then you could start thinking about, well, now what do I want to make contingent? Um, you know, and we have those kind of contingencies in our life also, you know, like for example, I don't get to watch my favorite shows until I come home and my work is done and I cleaned up and you know, I washed the dishes and put my kids to bed. And if I, you know, came home and just sat in front of the TV all night, none of those things would get done. So I've created my own contingency so that I make sure that first I do what needs to get done, and then you know, we get access to some of our preferred, preferred things. So that's really a contingency and that we you know we use it so often with our kids.
0: So, you know, in terms of the classroom situation, you know, we look and say, okay, these are the things that are non-contingent, recess is non-contingent, you know, um, movement breaks, et cetera, those are all non-contingent, but maybe something contingent could be a sticker on on work, right? Oh, great, you know, you completed that work, you can have your favorite sticker on this piece of work. Or, hey, you know what, you can get extra time because you finished early, you've got 10 extra minutes to spare. So those 10 extra minutes, you can work on whatever you want to work on or have that free time. And that's contingent upon finishing.
1: And I find that it makes, you know, you have to think of things that are kind of extra to make them contingent, right? Because you don't want the things that they're getting anyway to become contingent. So it changes your perspective because now you can't use recess as a reward and you can't use like just regular movement breaks, or you can't use lunch. You can't use those things as, as reinforcers or rewards. So you do have to think about some things that you can add in that are extra, meaning if they lose them or they didn't, they didn't get, they didn't meet the expectation, it's just they're not losing something. They just didn't get the extra thing, right? So those are things like, you know, it could be extra technology time. It could be um access to preferred activity, it could be, you know, a small treat or something like that. Whatever you could bring in that's really truly extra, and it's not something that they're going to be losing. I find again, so often they turn their non contingent things all of a sudden become contingent and then they just feel like they're losing out on things all the time. And that's not what the contingencies should be. Can you imagine, um, you know,
0: living your life, like, if you don't do this, you're not going to get this. If you don't do this, you're not going to get this. If you don't do this, oh, gosh, now I sound like a real big nag. Mm -hmm. Um, Ugh, no wonder, you know, people live in constant state of anxiety, right? But hey, look, good things happen. But if you want extra things like that commission check bonus for a salesperson, or if you want that extra helping of something, or if you want that dessert to go with your dinner, you know, those are things are contingent upon specific action items.
1: Yeah, if there were no uh, contingent bonus checks, nobody would ever make any sales because what's in it for them? (laughs) Um, And contingencies are really where the learning happens. So, non contingent reinforcement is great. Um, It's not where we're really changing behavior, but If we're looking to really increase learning and change behavior, that's where the contingencies come in. And when we're focusing on something that really is doable and within the student's repertoire and they really just need that extra motivation or we're teaching them, you know, the right type of skill that what they need, then that's where we bring in the contingent reinforcement and that's where it really has to be contingent. So the proper way to use contingent reinforcement would really be for it to be immediate, for it to be specific, for it to be consistent. Um, and then keep it that way. So, so often sometimes we start to just provide reinforcement, you know, a little bit more randomly where the student might not be really paying attention, but you know what, it was time to give a token. So I gave a token or they may not have been completely on task or this wasn't really one of their goals, but like, I'm going to give them a a token or a tally anyway, because it's kind of like that time. But then what are they really learning? So keeping that contingency really tied to the specific behavior that you want to work on with them or that specific skill that they're learning So that they really are having the expectation of first, you know, I do something and then I get that reinforcement.
0: And that's a really good point. Oftentimes, you know, I'll go into an ABA program and, you know, someone will say, well, the kid's not learning or they're not understanding this concept. And I'll say, you know what, let's take a look at it. I want to see what exactly what you're doing. So the therapist will run the program. And oftentimes what's happening is that, you know, they'll run the program, the child will error, the therapist corrects, the child might repeat afterwards, and then the therapist gives a token. And the therapist is giving a token or praise or high five for that error correction, right? So, okay, you know, prompted responses or error correction, here's a token. but they never go that one step further and say, hey, you know what? Here's that token for maybe a good try, but hey, here's two tokens for a really good try. Now I'm getting into a different topic, I'm getting into differential reinforcement, which is you know giving more reinforcement contingent upon doing a great job versus less reinforcement for just trying. Um, but in general, take a look at that. So if you've got somebody who's erroring on things or just not learning a specific concept, take a look and really ask yourself, is that person getting contingent reinforcement? Are they really getting that contingent reinforcement based on an accurate response, or is it just really delivering non-contingent reinforcement because the therapist might need to go home in five minutes, or because you know you know ten minutes has passed and this kid needs to get up from the table? Um, you know what's happening there. So oftentimes when you've got an ABA program that might not be running properly, um, that's a huge thing. Ask yourself, is it contingent reinforcement or not?
1: So this is when contingent reinforcement sometimes becomes non-contingent. So it kind of goes both ways. And it is important, again, to make those expectations clear, not just for us, that we know what we're turning into contingent versus non-contingent reinforcement, but our kids know, and they know what to expect. They know that no matter what happens, they will always have access to those things that are non-contingent. And they know what the expectations are in order to access those things that are contingent. And that's really important because once we start mixing them up and, and making one contingent and one non-contingent, it gets really confusing. And then I don't blame our kids for you know not understanding the expectations. And either not being motivated or getting frustrated or being upset and not getting something that they really did deserve. Um, So make sure that it's clear for ourselves and that it's clear for our students. So I'm not sure if this video served to clarify what contingent versus
0: non-contingent reinforcement was or just confuse you further. Um, But really the summary there is contingent reinforcement is, sorry, non-contingent reinforcement just brings you to the table. So non-contingent contingent reinforcement, you know, brings you to the learning environment and, you know, keeps you in the learning environment or even at work, right? So we have bagel Wednesdays, um, you know, or... Snack Fridays, you know, people have different terminology for different things, right? But, you know, that kind of stuff serves to make the learning fun, make it a fun environment. You know, in the ABA world, we refer to it sometimes as pairing. We pair ourselves with reinforcement. That just happens just because. So that non-contingent reinforcement is the fun stuff. It gets people there. Um, But what gets people learning and doing and producing is that contingent reinforcement.